Hi, thanks for joining us for this message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. We pray that you're blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Red Church or its ministries, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find out more by heading to connect.redchurch.org.au. Hello, good morning, church. My name's Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here. If I haven't met you before, it's great to have you with us. If you're from interstate, it's great to have you with us. Um, welcome, welcome. So we're in a, we're in a mini-series, a little segue series. We've just come out of Easter. We've just come out of this moment in history where, uh, where a moment in our calendar where we remember this moment in history where Jesus came and Jesus died and was glorified for us. And as we accept that, we, we, we get to inherit the Holy Spirit. And we remember, we're in this, this period between Easter and Pentecost. Pentecost is that moment in history where the Spirit comes into the world, the Spirit we, we now can enjoy and commune with in this age. So we're in this, this, this in-between moment. And we, we thought as a team, what, what better way to, to mark this in-between moment than to, to, to look at characters, look at biblical characters from our story, from Scripture, these characters that, that themselves, they found themselves in this in-between moment in their lives. So we've, we've looked at one last week, we're looking at one this week, we're looking at Samuel, and we're looking at what Samuel did in this in-between moment, how Samuel said, here I am to God. So we're going to be reading in Scripture, we're going to be in 1 Samuel verse 3. We're going to be looking at Samuel. So if you've got your Bibles, open them, open them to 1 Samuel verse 3. Samuel was this transitional figure. Samuel lived in this age, he stood in this age, in this period after the judges, before, before kings, it's sandwiched in, in our Bibles, in, our, in, our, in the Bible that we have, it's sandwiched between the book of Judges and Kings. And it's really, Samuel was in this transitional moment. Part of the story is this transitional moment that God, God had his people in at that time. The book of Judges is really a story of a collection of warlords almost uh, who, are, who are doing, trying to serve God and follow God and, the, and there's, things aren't going well in society. And, and in the future is, is the, the Davidic kingdom and the promise of God, the seed of God is going to be passed and, and, and the people of God are going to come together in a new way. But this in-between moment is where we join Samuel. And it's kind of useful to us to look at Samuel and his in-between moment because of the in-between moment we're stood in. We, uh, we, we're definitely, it's not hard to see at the moment, we're in a, a transitional moment in our history. If you think of the news feed, your news feed over the last 12, 24 months, if you think, uh, if you think 24, 18 months ago, you've had all the epidemiologists telling us, not since the Spanish flu. And if you, if you think of just a few weeks back, you've, got, oh, you've had the geopolitical commentator saying, not since World War II. And if you're, if you're up to date with the news, if you're reading the business news, you've got economists now telling us, oh, not, not since the Great Depression have we seen some of these figures. It's, we're, we're at a moment of transition. Our, our age right now, we're in this moment of transi transition. So it's good to look at a transitional figure as we think of we've come out of a we're in a pandemic or we're coming out of a pandemic there's wars there's this economic upheaval we're in this this scene change in history and if you if you've been around the church much if you've looked at church leadership if you if you speak to church leaders you'll hear them telling you the world over that the church is going through a transition 
You know, over the last 24 months, I've had friends deconstruct their faith. You've probably had friends that haven't yet regathered in the rhythms of God. The pastoral load is, is up. There's been this upheaval. There's been almost this fast tracking over the last 12, 24 months. So many people are looking around, analysing faith community. Trudy spoke last week on people re-evaluating, re-evaluating their faith, re-evaluating in society. It's rife. Anyone you speak to, volunteerism is down everywhere because people are just taking a, taking a moment to reevaluate. So in this season of transition, what can, we, what can we learn from Samuel? So join me in this text. 1 Samuel verse 3. We're going to read 1 through to 20. It's the whole, pretty much the whole of chapter 3. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes had become so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli. And he said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went back and lay down. And again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. And he said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go, back, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke about against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made for themselves contempt contemptible. It's not an easy word for me to say. And he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning. And then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. And Samuel answered, here I am. What was it that he said to you, Eli asked? Do not hide it for me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely if you hide anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel and he grew up, as he grew up. And he let none of, these, of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Bathsheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. I, uh, I find this passage really intriguing, almost comedic, when I, when I read it and thought about it. If you imagine this picture of, um, of Samuel, he's asleep 
in the temple. I can imagine him in his PJs, rugged up, and he's running around in the dark with a bit of candlelight, going, where's that voice coming from? Like, it's almost a comedic scene. Not once, not twice, three times, he's running around the temple in his nightwear, going, what's, what's going on here? So what is going on? Why is this relevant? What's this strange story got to do with a transitional moment that God takes his people through? Well, firstly, we've got to understand something. We've got to understand what we're reading when we're reading the Old Testament. This is actually prophetic language. The, the prophetic promises of God are relevant for the ages to come. Within the facts, within the stories of our people's past, our spiritual ancestors' past, lay spiritual truths for us to apply and carry in the current day. So we're here. We're here with a season of isolation behind us, with the unknown in front of us, and there's a hesitant weariness in the culture. But there's a foundation of truth. There's a promise in this text, in this story. There's spiritual truths that we can grab hold of and, and apply to our lives as we journey forward. You see, for us right now, to be part of what God is doing, we have to remember what God has done. So what's going on here? There's a number of things that are going on in this text. Firstly, there's a transition of the seed of God going on, a transition from one generation to the next that's at play. From Eli, the priest, to Samuel. There's this, we're seeing this, this, um, this love and call over Samuel's life being activated. God is calling him in. We're also seeing this love and judgment over Eli at play. You can, you can read around this, there's so much around this text, there's so much in this, and I could give you a preach on the significance of Eli's loss of sight and how that, that waning sight represents the state of the faith of, of the people of God at this time. When you, you hear those words, the lamp of God was, was not yet out. This is the lamp that the priestly order were commanded to keep burning. This is the lamp in the temple that, that represents the, and shows, demonstrates the presence of God amongst the people. And, and Scripture's telling us, it's almost like it's, 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 there's just a little bit left. It's nearly out. This lamp is nearly out. This is the state of, of the faith of the people of God. It feels like a culture of people, the way of God is in decline. There's no dreams, there's not many dreams and visions at this time. Even Eli, you think this is, the, this is the, one of the head priests, this is the, the leader, a key leader in the people of God. Even, even the fact that he is so far removed from the voice of God, when Samuel comes to him, he's, he doesn't understand it. He's like, I'll go back and lay down. You're, you, you're hearing voices. Not once, not twice. It's the third time that it takes for him to realise, oh, this, this could be God's voice. That's right, God speaks. Now, these are all important truths, and I could give you a preach on any one of those, those topics. But fundamentally, this is a story of God activating a prophet for his kingdom. That's what this story is about, God activating a prophet. This is a story of a priestly follower of, of, of the way of God in transitional circumstances, 
rising up to lead the next generation. This is an imparting of a seed. And this is, this is what God does as he moves from one chapter to the next. And I believe we're in that point in history ourselves now where more than ever, with the passing of a season of extreme comfort that we've been in, we need to mine for the gold that we can learn from Samuel to take into our next season. We must attune ourselves to God's voice. So there's a few things we're going to draw upon. How does, how does Samuel do that? How does he attune himself to God's voice? The first thing that's really interesting is this, in verse 7 where it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. This is, this is really interesting. This is Samuel who lives in the temple. This is Samuel who's been, uh, as a boy, his parents had given him to the priestly order to be trained. This is a boy that would have grown up reciting, implanting scripture on his heart. This is a, this is a boy that knows the customs of the people, that adheres to all the, the festivals. This is, this is so, but this is someone that doesn't know God. When, when we look into that, the, the, if you look into the, the word know, it's actually yada. It's where we have the expression yada, 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 to know that you know that you know. This isn't just a, a head knowledge of God. This is a heart knowledge of God. What's happening here is Samuel is having an experience of God, an experience, experiential revelation of God as he comes to really know God in a new way. And it's this knowledge of God, this heart knowledge of God that God used to move the season forward. I believe right now we need to be men and women who are activated in that heart knowledge of God as we step into our calling with God moving the season forward. So how did, how did Samuel do that? How did Samuel arrive at this moment where he hears his name? Well, to, to investigate that, we actually need to take a step back from the text we've just read, and we're going to look at very briefly the story, if you, and you can read this later, but it's in 1 Samuel 1, verse 1. We actually we hear this, this, um, this, this birth account of Samuel, and it's quite a miraculous one. His, his, uh, his mother um, is unable to bear a child. His father, Elkner and Hannah, they, they, we see this, in that we see this picture of a couple who are actually steadfast in, in a, adopting the rhythms and the way of God's people. They actually make the pilgrimage. They actually, they actually come to, to adopt the feasts and the, uh, uh, and the culture of the time as a way of practicing their faith, of coming before God. And they actually turn up to, make, um, uh, uh, the, to, to provide their sacrifice to, as an act of worship in obedience to God. And it's actually through this narrative of the story of obedience and, and following God that actually they are able to conceive. And it's quite a miraculous um, moment where they're able to conceive a child and they have this child, Samuel. And then they, they dedicate Samuel. They, they dedicate Samuel to God. And there's something in that. This is the first thing I think we've got to learn from this story. What they did, their act of obedience and faithfulness, was actually a preparatory work, a preparation 
The first thing we can learn from Samuel's story is that we need to prepare ourselves. We need to prepare ourselves. You need to prepare yourself. In obedience and faithfulness to the way of God, we need to prepare ourselves for what is to come. The second key point here, um, when we read this, this activation of a prophet, It comes in in verse 3, it's where it says, The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. There's a key point for us to understand here. Sam was, Samuel was, was lying in the house of the Lord in the presence of God. He was next to the ark. He was resting in the shalom when he heard God's voice. He was in the temple resting in the presence of God. This is the second key point we've got to take away. For, for us to have a revelation of God again, we need to place ourselves in the presence of God. We need to prepare ourselves for the presence of God and we need to place ourselves in the presence of God. And then the third key point seems so obvious, but it's actually what Samuel does. He responds. It's really interesting that, that at first Samuel didn't even know it was the voice of God, but his heart had been prepared and he placed himself and he got up and responded, here I am. He doesn't understand at first that it's God and he runs off looking for Eli, but he responds and he does that again and again and again and eventually he's told, actually, that's the voice of God. Invite, say that your servant is here. And he responds again. He responds to God. We have been called to respond to God. That's who we are. That's our role, our offering, our sacrifice. We have been called to respond to God. We are um, running an Alpha course again. We, we run an Alpha course um, twice a year. If the month starts with A, we run an Alpha course. It's for make it easy for you to remember every April, every August. Um, Alpha is a, a fantastic space. I love Alpha. I've done Alpha a number of times. Um, and Alpha is basically a place where we facilitate a room and we, we get to welcome your friends, your family, your, your co work colleagues, people you've invited. We get to welcome them in. And, and we share a meal with them and, and we open up and ask questions. I could give you 10, 15, 20 amazing stories from Alphas over the year. People, people that have received the Holy Spirit, people that have made changes in their life, people that have stepped into revelations of God. And it's exciting. It almost can give you goosebumps as you recount these crazy stories. Um, but there's a bit of danger in it, this sensationalism that we love as humans. We love, a, we love a, oh, a wow story. But often God's at work in the seemingly insignificant, in that small, quiet voice, in the moment with Samuel, where he's asleep in the presence of God, when no one else is there to see. God works in these moments. So anyway, Alpha, the first week was last Thursday. We've welcomed the guests in. We've set up the pretty lights and set, set, set the atmosphere and 
Um, a beautiful meal's been cooked. There's a chili con carne that you stir a bit of dark chocolate in. It's delicious. Thank you, Brett. Um, and we're, we're, you know, welcoming the guests and we're, we're having conversation. The conversation's kind of flying. It's fantastic. Next, you go and watch a video and everyone's comfortable. We watch this video together. And then we, we, we ask this question. There's, there's, there's a, as we're, you know, we do some icebreaker name games and that kind of thing. And then we just ask this question. It's a fantastic question. The question is this. If it turned out God did exist, if this God did exist, and you could ask one question, what question would you ask? If it turned out God did exist, and you could ask one question, what question would you ask? There's always that awkward silence. No one wants to speak first. And uh, I'm counting to 20 in my head. Give space for the introverts. Someone pipes up and great question. And you have these awesome questions that, that people are saying, oh, I think I would ask God this. I think I would ask God that. I, uh, I want to be perceived as really intelligent, so I try and think of a really good question that I can add to the discussion, throw out my question. And then this one guy is sat on a beanbag in the corner, and he says, um, this guy doesn't, doesn't yet know the Lord. And he says, I think what I would ask is, what should I be doing with my life? Oh, that is a fantastic question. So, like, it's an exciting moment for me. This guy is on a journey towards God. I can see that. And this is a great question to ask as someone that doesn't yet know Jesus. What should I be doing with my life? What a great question. You know, I was excited. We debriefed afterwards. It's an exciting question that someone in week one is asking. But then as I dwelled on it, as I thought on it that night, the next morning, I started thinking, oh, I wonder, as God speaks... What's he going to do with that? Is he going to have confidence, courage to follow? Is he going to retreat? And then I started about thinking about my own life. Am I asking that question? What do you want me to do today, God? Am I having this posture of Samuel? I'm your servant here. Speak, Lord. Am I going to do what Samuel did? Have the courage to step in? And speak, do what God's saying. If you're here today, if you're listening to this on a podcast, if you're present in church, we've got to realize that we are known by God. We are already known. We live in an age, a new post-New Testament age, where we are we have received the Holy Spirit into the world. And as followers of Jesus, we're communing with the Holy Spirit here. And all we have to do is invite and ask as we prepare our hearts like Samuel did, as we, as we step into the presence of God, as we rest in that presence and as we invite God to speak. We have to realise that we've already been called. Our role is to respond to God. As we, uh, we're journeying through Alpha, there's, you play the video and there's, there's lots of great speakers. And one of these speakers is Bear Grylls. I love him because he's English. He's, he's the man I'm not. Where he, an adventurer. And I'm like, oh, what a dude. But he says this really powerful thing. He says, at my heart, my Christian faith says that I am known. 
that I'm known to Christ, that I'm bought at a price, and that I'm blessed with light. We're in this transitional moment. Right here in Melbourne, we're in a transitional moment, and I I believe that God is looking for a people for him to pass the seed of God to, for him to rise up, to raise in faith and, and lead in the generation that we're in. We're in this transitional time. These are, the, these are the little booklets that you give the guests. On the front of the booklet, great branding. It says, why am I here? Why am I here? We know the answer to that question. We're not pondering that question. God knows your name. Our job is to respond. As you look at what Samuel did, here I am. As you look back through the story of God's people, you look at what God called to Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham said, here I am. God called to Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. And Jacob responded, here I am. In Exodus, God calls to Moses, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, here I am. And we've learned today, Samuel, Samuel, here I am. Here I am. God knows you by name. And if you've got courage to listen, if you're bold to respond, God's going to give you an experience of his kingdom that will deepen your faith and will change the world around you. We have been called by God. He knows us by name. Our job is to respond. I'm going to get you to stand now and I'm going to pray over this. We're going to pray into this. I invite you just to, if wherever you are, just adopt a posture of openness. If you're unable to, to stand, keep open the posture of your heart. Just receive these words of prayer over you. Father, we invite you again. We acknowledge, Lord, that you know us by name. You are our Father. We just invite you again, Lord, to lead us into that still place. Have us prepare ourselves. Have us step into your presence. Have us rest in your presence so that we're attuned to hearing your voice. And Lord, when you speak to us in the quiet, when you ask things of us in our our hearts, in our minds, as you seek to lead us through your Holy Spirit, give us boldness, Lord, to step in, to step into you and to step out for you. We just commit again this morning to being your people in this transitional time. We say yes. We say here I am. In Jesus' name, amen.